Right, I now need to unplug the camera to plug the mouse back in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Craig, um, just you and me this week, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Naughty Neighbor American Pale Ale. That sounds lovely. And I've just polished off a cider um, and I haven't got any more in the fridge, which is really sad. What's also really sad um, is that we don't have a Becca or a James. So we'll, James, I presume, is drinking because he's had a power cut. And uh, in the UK, we would celebrate power cuts by drinking everything that's in the fridge and eating all the ice cream in the freezer because you never know when the power might come back on. Um, and by lighting of candles. Um, that's my only memories of power cuts as a child. Um, uh, how, how would that work for you in Canada? What, what's the, uh, the power cut routine there? Presumably hunker down for the winter because you're under 20 metres of snow or something. So it's storm chips, actually. So storm chips is the big thing. There's the, the bit, everybody runs out to the store and buys beer and potato chips. That does sound good. I mean, in the UK, we don't need much to be persuaded to panic by, so I'm pretty sure we could get on board with that. And also, we're we're missing the rolling eyes of Becca Kingdom as well. Sadly, she she has um, got a really bad eye strain from rolling her eyes too much and is quite tired. Um, so it's just um, had to drop out this week because she's probably been overdoing it, doing that silly BMX stuff or something, Craig, hasn't she? So. I don't know. I, I do know it is easy to overlook uh, just how much uh, training impulse there is in uh, a few laps of the BMX track. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that at the end because I've, I've seen a few people posting about kind of how they're doing less training but more racing and how they're, sort of that, they're catching up with the tiredness. So I think we'll chat about that at the end. But Craig, what's coming up this week in the Herd Racing League? So I will do my, uh, my bad uh, James fill-in here. So this week, uh, starting with the uh, herd of mountain goats, we have Road to Sky this week. So th- this is back to the, the roots of the herd, herd of mountain goats, uh, where it used to be Road to Sky every weekend. Um, so then on, uh, well, Sunday and Monday, uh, the Stampede individual time trial is triple loops. And uh, actually, when I saw this, this was, I didn't even know this course existed. So this is... Uh, an interesting course with a, an ascent of uh, Box and Leith Hills. So uh, very interesting. Um, then the Herd Shiris uh, comes into its uh, third week with uh, one lap of cast pats, 23.8 kilometers, 155 meters. Uh, bullseye on Wednesday is 12 laps of the Queen's Highway. And uh, then we get into uh, next weekend for the Herd Summer Racing League, we have the wonderful finale that is Hilly Route in 10 laps of Hilly Route for A category and one less uh, lap as you go down categories, nine for B, eight for C, and seven for D, which is still a long, long race. And it, this, uh, is, this is crazy, isn't it? This is absolutely bonkers. And I, I haven't spoken to you or, or James or Becca about this yet, but I'm wondering whether we need to do the podcast a little bit earlier next week, just so we can spend the time um, basically filling your time in this stupidly long race with nonsense, um, because that's a, that's a mad race, isn't it? It's very long. But uh, more about that next week. Uh, triple loops. We, we were chatting just before we started recording 
a new uh, a new loop, a new accidental pun, a new route for both of us. Um, and this is an absolute brute um, of a course. So it, looking at the, the details on the Zwift tax, about half of it's flat. And then you hit the two climbs of, of Box and Leith. That is, a, and it's a, about 41 kilometers long, isn't it? Um, 564 meters of climbing. That is a brute of a time trial. Um, it, it tempted by it, Craig? I actually kind of am. Um, I probably won't end up doing it, but yeah, that that is definitely tempting. I know it's it's one that if I could find the time to do, I, I would definitely do and cry about afterwards. It's it's an absolute brute, um, and it actually got a mention. It got a shout out um, on the Zwift Insider pages as well. Uh, and James didn't mention what this was for, and I clicked on the article, and it was basically stupid hard events to do this week. <laughs> Um, so well done, James, on uh, creating a, an event so stupid and so hard, it's it's got uh, recognition from outside. So, uh, Steve, I guess uh, now we're back to the the most important part of the podcast, this weekend's Herd Summer Racing League. Yeah, and I, I'm going to try and do my most excited James Bailey voice. And I can't, I just can't keep that going. I don't know how he does it. He's such a pro. Um, so... Uh, this is Petit Bouc. Um, uh, depending on how bad my French is there, apologies to people who actually speak French properly. Uh, so this is uh, the route that covers all the roads in France in both directions, except the road rides at Mont Ventoux. Um, unless you're, of course, Ben Poynton, who probably is going to decide to make this 100k and ride up and down Ventoux just as a cool down. So we're looking at 61 kilometer route with 434 meters of climbing. Um, Caesars tackle all the major sections are both in the forward and reverse di direction and you know swift because it's swift uh, only one of the um, climbs up the pity com is actually a section so um, we'll start off hitting the parve sprint reverse pretty standard 33 or 330 meter sprint steve uh, oh steve i have to correct you you're looking at the wrong thing so before the start in the lead-in there's a prime oh wow which is the the marina sprint reverse happens. i have seen the marina I, i'm looking at the right thing now i've seen the marina sprint reverse wow that is um i have no idea how long that is because i can't read that off the web page and this is why we have james to do uh to do things in the proper way but we see anyway marina sprint reverse as i read the right things now parve sprint reverse aqueduct com reverse again it's not really a com is it it's it's a kind of long sprint with a bit bit of a climb in it balance sprint reverse um, then we uh, hit head back towards the aqueduct, uh, well, via the Pitycom uh, reverse that isn't a segment. We go back to Ballon Sprint reverse uh, over the aqueduct again, hit the Parve again, hit the Marina again, back to the Ballon Sprint, and then finally Pitycom before hitting the Marina Sprint reverse again, which is our finish line. And James would probably say there's no primes on that one. Um, because it's the finish line, but I might be wrong on that, Craig. I'm not sure. This no, is why we have correct. James. You are correct. That is not a prime. So now, there's <laughs> one more thing uh, that uh, you missed in that the balance sprint does not count. Um, so the balance sprint does not count because there is a limit of eight different primes that James can pick when he uh, does the race results. So this is uh, we we just ran out. 
Oh, well, that's good news, isn't it? So presumably he's kept Petty Com in as a segment, which is good for those of us who like climbing up hills. And he's taken out the sprint that's just before that. Um, so, yeah, that's good news. Um, and, and also good news will be hopefully that James is back last week because I have completely butchered that. So, uh, well, what do we want to talk about first? I, I actually really like this route. Um, uh, I think there's a bit of stuff for everyone in it. Uh, I'm really glad I'm back in the seas because uh, I stand a chance of not just riding around it on my own, which is what I did the first time I did this route, uh, which I think was the first race I got promoted to bees. Uh, I got dropped in the first 500 metres and then, and then just read it on my, rode it on my own um, for 60-odd kilometres, which, which I, I think I met a couple of Cs on the way, which was lovely. Um, so I really like this course, really good fun, loads of cool sprints on it. Definitely one you want to be in a group in because there's a lot of sprint primes on this. Um, and Aqueduct isn't really a com. Uh, uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of my tactic. Find a bunch, stay in a bunch, hammer the primes. Uh, Craig, I imagine you quite like this course. I think this is one that's particularly suited to your talents as well. This one, I adore this course. Um, so the first time the so the first time we did this uh, with Herd Summer Racing League in Series Two was when it was brand new and none of the sprints were able to be counted. So it was just the aqueduct, the aqueduct in both directions, or I think maybe only one direction counted. I can't remember now. I think that you've got times for both and then Zwift mucked it over. It's the usual weirdness, wasn't it? That I think one of the aqueducts ended up not counting and it was only the people who did race one that found that out and it kind of filtered through the Facebook page, but yeah. Yeah, so I did race one, I, I did both but it, it worked out okay. I came, I ended up second by a point in that run. So I was still in the seas. That was one of my last sea races. Um, I had an, I had an absolutely terrific matchup with uh, Andy Kroll from ATP during that one. We, we, we had a great race, um, but I, I think you did nail it, uh, Steve. The biggest and most important thing in this race is get and stay in a group. Um, whether you have to, go harder than you'd really prefer to stay in a group or you slow down to get to meet up with the group behind you. Um, staying on your own for these big, long, flat sections in between the, the critical spots, or the, the sprints and the and petty comp, it's just not worth it. Um, and it, it's, it really sucks. So yeah, you go so time, much faster for being in a group than you. Sorry, you were saying the second time you did it, Craig. Well, so the second time we did this, or I did this, was in Zwift Racing League. So we did, we finished, I think, at the Marina Sprint Forward. Um, so we didn't do the the entire course, but I had a power drop out in the pen, and I just, I, I was, I was twenty meters from catching on, but just couldn't quite get there. And so it was an individual time trial for me and it was miserable. Don't do that. <laughs> so uh, let's talk bike selection. I, I think there's actually, a, a, I, I would be going my fastest flat bike for this because I think the first com isn't a timed segment. The last com is a timed segment, but it's quite near the end of the race. France is really, really flat basically apart from that i mean there's the bit in the rollers and there's petty con but the rest of it is pretty much flat and there's a lot of primes available for the sprints so i'm thinking fastest flat bike i mean obviously i'm riding pink tron because a because the pink tron is the best bike in the game as we all know but b the pink tron the tron is also one of the faster flat bikes 
Um, what would you be choosing here, Craig? Uh, honestly, I think I'm Tron as well. Um, it, so the fastest flat bike is absolutely valid. And honestly, it's it might be the best the best solution. But the so the Petticom reverse is not a class of it, so it's not a scored se segment, but it is going to be very decisive in uh, it's it's going to winnow down the group, um, and I think on the Aqueduct KOMs, um, so the Aqueduct sprints, they are uphill enough that your the bike weight probably does matter. Um, I really think that Tron might be the right op option here. It's, it's so close in aero performance to the fast, the the fastest, the very fastest bikes, that and it's enough better over the uh, the KOM and Pity KOM. The time segment there's there's a first section that isn't as steep, and then a steep then a steeper section. And you're going to draft in that uh, that first section, and then it's that last steeper bit where draft isn't going to matter, and neither really is arrow as much. And that's really what's going to be decisive both for the Petticom uh, points, but also for your finishing order. So I, to me, I think it is the Tron. Yeah, it's uh, Petticom's a tricky one as well. I think this is weirdly the descent in a way, is the bit I found hardest. So I remember beating, in some of the races, beating riders up Petticom and then waiting, not really waiting, but slowing down a bit so they caught me on the descent. And then because there was, I think it was Nate Home actually at the time, but there's a significant weight difference and speed difference as they came past. They just flew through me because there's a few of them in a bunch. We know the blob goes quick and swift. They were going fast on the descent and they just blew through me. I could never catch them again. So I think the descent can be tricky. Um, you can't super tuck it as early as you think you could um and certainly going down having done the comm segment at the end it it takes you a while to get into the super tuck there doesn't it once you've gone through the comm banner um, before you hit the marina sprint so it is, it is a tricky descent this one it is and i know um I, so i remember when i did this in the race the first time the the two of us that were so there was I think three of us that were pretty much together as we went over the top of the KOM and two of us had done very well in the, the aqueduct KOMs that we thought both counted, uh, but only one did. <laughs> um, and the two of us let one guy go because he hadn't sprinted that. And uh, so that was, I mean, it worked. We were first and second, but uh, it, yeah, he, he actually finished, I think, he was 30 seconds ahead of us, uh, and that was just from the descent. Uh, it was uh, quite a difference. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's like I said, it's a cool route. Um, we're ramping up the distances, so at 60Ks before the 90-odd Ks of ridiculousness. Um, how long do you think it's taking people? If memory serves, it, it took me just under two hours i think last time when i did it mostly on my own um yeah so i was oh what did, so swift power gives me an hour 40 that i was last time 
So that would be actually an hour and a half of race time because I would see, so no, an hour 35 of race time. So I, I was only five minutes, five minutes after the D's. So, and today, I think in race one, the lead A's would have been about an hour 20. No, they're far faster than I'm going to be, but I think for a really good, a really good C or, uh, you know, middle of the pack B, depending on how you end up with drafting, I think a little bit above or below an hour and a half. And yeah, that, that seems about right, about the 90 minute mark for, for the kind of upper mid Bs and some really good Cs. Probably closer to two hours for the D's in this one. I think they'll be looking sub two I, hours. I maybe. think. Uh, I think most most good D's should be under two hours. But uh, yeah, it it that's uh, getting close to there. And some of that is, and the D's tend to not end up in groups as much, and tend to do a lot more of writing by themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, I, I, sort of one question we see get asked a little bit: what, what are you thinking with these longer rides in terms of kind of hydration? Do you do you try and eat those kind of things? I, I must admit, my my rule of thumb is that if the ride's under an hour, I have a, a bidon with usually just water in it, um, and I fuel before and I hydrate a bit more afterwards. But during the ride, I don't I don't really find I need a feed. I don't really need any more hydration than I get from water. What what are you thinking for these longer rides? Um, so I tend to race these uh, after rolling out of bed. So I will I will eat during them just because I haven't eaten since supper the night before. Uh, but I, I'm I'm normally Gatorade and uh, you know just something some complex carb carbohydrate but easy to digest type stuff. Uh, you know, just soda crackers or something that's. Uh, not going to hit the stomach when you do when you go all in on those sprints, but uh, we'll give you a few calories. Yeah, I'd be thinking for this one. I'm probably thinking two bead on, so a, a good liter of hydration. Ooh, probably doing a mix usually with me. So I, I I tend not to use too much Gatorade and things like that, or or um, hydration things. Just so find they don't quite agree with me while I'm while I'm in a ride. Um, so I would tend to go one water um, there and then one kind of hydration salts. So the SIS tablets, anything like that, um, that kind of uh, does your thing. And I think my bidons are 600 mil. So just over a litre of water for, for the 90 minutes. I'd probably get grab a flapjack or something like that. Again, a complex carbohydrates seem like a much partial way of referring to it. I'm, I'm getting something that's a bit OT and a bit sugary. Um, so yeah, I'm getting a piece of flapjack again, something I can... I can eat fairly, I, I don't like gels, which is why I don't bother with things like that. I, I find they just make me feel ill. Uh, and, and I usually, I mean, those of you who've seen the picture of me trying to fit tubeless tires, me and sticky fluids don't go well together. Um, and yeah, so I, I tend to go with something that I have to, to eat normally that's actual food rather than a gel. Um, and I tend to go with something that's gooey enough that I don't have to chew too much, if that makes sense. So uh, I, there's nothing worse, is there? When you, you, you get something out, you kind of, well, I really need something to eat. You put it in your mouth and your mouth's really dry and you kind of end up with an even drier mouth and kind of uh, going round and round. So uh, yeah, I tend to go for a bit of flapjack. I find the, um, 
uh, I've forgotten the name of the brand now. The uh, they do the peanut butter bars and things like that are really good. Um, and I'll remember the name of the brand and tell somebody on Discord if they really care. Um, but yeah, so probably only eating one one thing like that. I'd probably look to do it after the first or on that first descent because I think I can. If I get in a group and I'm super tucked, usually you can kind of switch off a bit and open something up. You don't have to steer or brake. So we do, for all this talking about tricky descents, they're, they're about as tricky as a descent where you don't have to steer, think, uh, or or brake. Uh, can never get, really. Um, so, yeah, that, that's why I'd be thinking on that one. Um, so, yeah, that's about it, really. I think standard tactics, hammer the primes, stick in a group if we can, ride the Tron. The Tron's actually one of the faster bikes. If you haven't got the Tron, we're looking at your fastest flat bike. Um, I don't think there's really anything to be gained with a climbing bike on this. Um, so yeah, that, that's it really. I'm, anything else we want to mention before we go into our standard whinges about Zwift, but uh, any shout outs you've got this week, Craig? Um, so we did a broadcast uh, in the, uh, in my early morning with the, uh, Nate Holm and James and uh, Ben Poynton uh, commentating of the Herd Shiris. And uh, it was a really great race. And uh, just a shout out to the ladies for having such a great race. And it was a pleasure to cover it. And thank you for, uh, you, this is a, I don't know if this is a bit of niche British subculture, but uh, shout out to all the ladies uh, here would be a very, uh, it would be a nightclub that many of us have been in. Uh, and many of us would not want to ever go to again. So, uh, yeah, great vibes there, Craig. Um, before we get onto our standard rants about so if we did talk earlier, I did mention earlier about uh, training and racing and things like that. And, and I think it's um, it's an interesting one that I, I saw Ryan um, post today in the group. Um, Ryan Akiyama, apologies if I brutalised the name there, Ryan, but I, that he was kind of really fatigued at the moment and he looked at his training workload and he'd well, been training a lot less, but then realised he'd been racing a lot more. So kind of, I think that's the, that's the danger with Zwift, isn't it? It's actually quite a fun game. So you play the game more. Yes, it makes you fitter. Like ultimately, it's a game we enjoy playing and the herd's a wonderful place to make it, but we just got to be careful about playing the game too much or too hard and not doing recovery. And we... We spoke about this with Mark, Lord Orange, didn't we, um, in a previous pod? But I guess my question for you is, what, what's your kind of, how do you balance your racing and your training and, and life and BMXing? So, I, and this is where in the summer it's tough uh, because I, I go to the BMXing and then that's just, it's nothing but intensity. So I guess some of what I do for, for that is a lot of my BMX practice I do a few sprints, but probably less than I should, uh, and more skills work. Now, honestly, I do really, I, I have a lot of power relative to my skill level. So that's probably what I should be working on. So it, it works out pretty well. Um, but I mean, really, my personal training philosophy is the classic 70-30 rule, where 70% of your training, including your weekly long ride or long run should be at easy pace where you can, you can have a conversation. Um, so that, that gets tough when you're doing a lot of Zwift racing. Um, I mean, some of it depends on how lucky or where you fall in your team time trial team. So some weeks, you know, you, your uh, the time that you're not on the front is 
is easy pace for you. And some weeks it's it's pretty close to FTP or above. Um, but it it can be tough to get that in. Um, you can cheat a little bit when you're doing mostly cycling and less running. So the 70-30 definitely comes from running um, where intense running is more intense than intense cycling because you're lifting your body weight every step. But uh, no, that's that's my rule of thumb. Um, you can you can get by by break get by breaking it for a little while, but after if you do it for too long, it catches up to you. Yeah, and I think the key thing, and I, I think the challenge a lot of people face with Zwift, and and, and it's maybe a challenge the herd racing league presents itself that we're back to back to back to back is periodization as well. And I mean, we've spoken before, my background's coaching team sports and we would definitely think about periodization. We break this, even in a season, we'd break the season up into chunks so that we'd be thinking about different things. The training would feel different to the players, although ostensibly it's 90 minutes, it's two hours on a pitch running around. Kind of, we we would vary the intensity with that. Um, and another thing I think is kind of, we would start thinking about kind of spacing our intense training away from our match training. So if say we had training on a Tuesday and a Thursday and a match on a Saturday, the heavy load training would be on a Tuesday. Thursday is an easy training. We might make the Thursday more of a thinky training. So this is a question I was going to ask about kind of, uh, we all have jobs and we have lives. Actually, sometimes it's a bit stressful and I've definitely fallen foul of this. I've really wanted to do an event. I've logged in five minutes before. I've not done a warm up, and I just end up more peed off afterwards that I've done a bad race. And actually, I'd probably say to myself then, just like, no, you've had a stressful time. Your brain isn't in the right place to be. So you need something where you don't have to think as much. And that could just be not even being on Zwift. It could be jump on the bike and go and ride on the dirt tracks outside. Or if you can't do that, it's get on and do a social ride just get on a ride around a thing don't do, don't do a race event because you're probably going to get yourself mentally into a worse place there so do you let's let's talk a bit about periodization but then let's also what do you think about kind of where you are mentally and how you how you would change your uh, your, your riding or running accordingly so i mean for me yeah the where i am mentally how i deal how i always dealt with that uh, so I used to be more serious in running than I am in cycling now by far. Um, it, I mean, this, this is a lark to stay in shape and a lot of fun. Um, I, I used to be semi-serious in running. Um, and definitely for me, I, I always left flexibility in my training. If I didn't, so I had a, a loose structure where I had to get a long run in a week. I had to get a tempo run in a week and an interval session in a, in a week, depending on the time of year, but for the, for the most part. And then most of the rest were easy runs. Sometimes I do a mid long run or a second interval session, depending on the time of year. But if any day, whether it was, I just wasn't feeling it before I started or I go out on my warm up and I'm like, I don't feel like running intervals or a tempo run today or I don't, I can't, I can't do my long run today. I just not do it that day and do it two days later or whenever, or sometimes even skip that week for that thing. And I think you have to leave yourself that flexibility to listen to your body. But at the same time, you have to be honest with yourself and not skip it too often. So it's, it's a really hard balance to strike, but you definitely have to leave yourself a little bit of flexibility to, to, to move 
that workout, I, whether because of life, whether you've got, you're doing something else and you've got a, a, a big curling bond spiel or, or soccer game or whatever it is, leave yourself a little bit of flexibility and, and then fit in what you can. There is definitely a niche heard podcast in random things from around the world that people do. A curling bond spiel. Is that what you said? Bond spiel, yes. I, I, again, that's for our niche uh, podcast. Um, and we'll talk to you about welly wanging while we're at it. So, uh, um, yeah, I definitely feel that. And I, I, there the is a fine balance. And it's that, it's that kind of classic. When I talk to my fiance, she sometimes doesn't want to go to hockey training. It's like that classic word, get, go to train. And you can always decide to not train. I think it's the same with an event sometimes. And I think there are times where, yeah, listen to your body and go, like, I need to do an easier thing. But there are also times when, you know, maybe do the event. It might, might go better than it was. And ultimately, it's a game. You can always get off your bike and go, no, it's not, it's not happening for me tonight. Uh, and what I think everyone knows about the herd is there's never any judgment about that. Nobody's going to be like, oh, bloody old Craig got off his bike halfway through and be like, well, that's fine. We've all been there. So that's cool. Um, a, a random other segment I'm going to throw in because we were chatting about this in, in, in the week. Herd of hay fever sufferers. Um, you've probably heard me snuffling away today, so I'll, uh, I'll apologize for that. But like, how do you find hay fever? So I, I last year I wasn't so bad, although I did mostly do, uh, before I painted the garage floor, Zwift um, breathing in concrete dust. So I think that was probably counteracting whatever lack of breathing I have through hay fever. But I mean, as you can probably hear now, I'm slightly out of breath talking because I'm just a bit congested with hay fever. And I, I struggle um, a bit when I'm like this. Uh, do you find anything helps? What do you do? Do you have? To, I know you suffer from hay fever as well. I also have, like antihistamines make me incredibly drowsy. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a fun time of year for us hay fever sufferers, is it? it it's really not. Um, I have to be completely honest. I've never found anything that helps other than staying out of the grass. Um, so, you know, given the the years I spent uh, in the military crawling through the grass, that really sucked <laughs> in this time of year. Um, so, no, it's a, uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, I, I do find sometimes if I can get away with, you know, kind of the, the once a day antihistamine every other day, uh, and it totally depends on how much exposure how much I'm outside, how much I'm traping through the grass, how much I'm lying in the grass, all, all of that. Uh, if I can get away with it, I find that helps with the athletics, but you have to take it if you're, if you're exposed. It, it, it's a really hard thing, and I, I don't think there's a good answer. So I think, the thing, I, interestingly, the thing that genuinely helped, and now I've moved farther away from work, and obviously we've had, uh, I don't think I've actually been in my office that regularly for since March last year, we, we stopped in the UK. But when I would cycle into the office, so I'd spend about an hour cycling to the office, have a shower when I got in, I'd spend about an hour cycling home, have a shower when I got home. And there's something about getting that bit of exposure, but then immediately you have a shower, you wash all the pollen out of your hair, you wash it off your body, um, and then maybe take an antihistamine. And I think there was something about that kind of actually dosing myself, but then 
washing it, washing away the pollen, dosing myself. So I think there is something about kind of not just hiding away to sort of exposing yourself in small doses that, that seems to help me anyway. So yeah, but just general recognition, it's a bit rubbish. And speaking of rubbish things, what an amazing segue that was. Um, what has annoyed you about the world of Swift this week, Craig? Um, honestly, again, not much. I, uh, and this is, I'm really only on Zwift two or three times a week, maximum at this point. Um, I had a terrific time uh, in the TTT yesterday with the, uh, the herd of quokkas. Uh, we had a great race. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish it with the group because my crank arm fell apart. But uh, we, 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 other than that, had a great time. I can't blame that on Zwift. That's only on my mechanic, which is me. When you say your crank arm fell apart, I mean, most crank arms are, are one piece. Um, so I, I have so many questions here. Sorry, the crank fell apart, meaning the left crank arm was loose from the axle, which is... <laughs> that, that's quite a catastrophic... Did it fail catastrophically? Did I, I've got this image of you, like, legs akimbo, one leg flying around, one crank flapping through the air. Is it, is it disconnects from your SPD arcing across the garage towards Kerry's head or something like that? It's... So, unfortunately, it wasn't that spectacular. Um, <laughs> basically, it started getting loose. It started getting really loose while I was uh, climbing the... Uh, Titans Grove KOM the second time. And then uh, after we went over the top, I unclipped and reclipped to see if that was it. And then realized that, no, no, that's not it. And it's moving. <laughs> so I got off, uh, realized that it was loose. Unfortunately, didn't have my multi-tool next to the bike. Had to run to the basement, grab my tools, bring them upstairs. And by then I was uh, 30 seconds plus behind the uh, the rest of the herd of quokkas and uh, Never, never managed to keep up. I was, I finished a minute behind them, or a minute 20, I think. This sounds like a, a great new Zwift event, which is you have kind of something has to break that you don't have to get, grab your multi-tool and fix and kind of let the Zwift duathlon. But, um, yeah, so I, I tell you oh. what, I tell you what has annoyed me about Zwift this week. Um, and you, you heard it in our voices. So we were genuinely really excited by triple loops because even though it's not new tarmac, that to us, both of us were like, oh, that's a new route. I've not done that before. And I really feel for James and all the race organizers that you can't basically put a custom pin, even if it was between two arches. So it had to be a defined start point, call them pens, and it had to be a defined end point, call it an arch, that, it, that they could go, I want to go from here to here to here to here, and that's going to make my race course. Um, I mean, you can kind of do custom distances, but wouldn't it be cool if we could do some custom routes? So another another moan at Zwift about not having basic functionality that would be nice. So that would be really nice. I will say in support of Zwift, they have given us a few routes and uh, James has put one into uh, his proposed next, uh, next summer racing league season. And I think Chain, Chomp Chain Chomper is going to be a really interesting race course. So we are going to talk bike changes on Chain Chomper. We're going to talk bike changes. I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm also really excited for James' proposed TT Road to Sky. Um, 
which is just bonkers crazy and I love it and I'm definitely going to be there for that one so uh, yeah it's going to be exciting and I'm hopefully going to be there um, for race uh, three tomorrow to do this one um, but we'll see how how my day pans out um, I think that's I it really. have to throw a, I have to throw a little bit of a wet blanket on that one Steve honestly it's road to sky it's not much different than it's a TT <laughs> mentally entirely different though isn't it like it, it is normally just a tt once you clear the jungle but uh now it's just it's tt before then i mean everyone would obviously treat it entirely differently and we will talk about it entirely differently even though it's exactly the same approach but um i think that's it for me craig i'm going to say good night to you good night